0: You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network.
1: Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew, the little blue chewable that makes men doable. And we have a brand new, another member of the Blue Chew crew here with us. What's up? It's me. It's Rock and Roll Jingle Man. Rock and Roll
2: Jingle Man. Jingle Man. By the way, you may know my brother Tex. Tex was on like your first few episodes.
1: Oh, so this is a, a, a family,
2: family. We are a family. That's right. Tex and Blue Chew and me. So uh, I found out on one of your uh, your tweeters there that you was having a jingle contest.
1: Uh, I don't know who posted that.
2: I, I got it on my tweeter. You know, my brother Tex is a country western guy. I'm more of a uh, rock and roll guy. So <clears throat> can I sing you part of a jingle?
1: I, I almost feel like I don't have a choice.
2: Ooh, the moment I saw you, I used my blue chew. It was good for me. It was good for you. Ooh, blue chew. what do you think?
1: That may have been the most rock and roll thing I've ever heard in my life. It was
2: actually uh, done acapella, but you know what? If you wanna be a very fella, you gotta do the Blue Chew. Tell them, uh, so say, sure and
1: I would be more than happy to tell you all about it. Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed that you've been looking for. So listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, there's no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have got a very special deal for our After Chatters. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use your special promo code, Bill. That's B-I-L-L. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E, promo code Bill, B-I-L-L to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat.
2: I got a reprise. Please. All right, I'm going. I can't lie. I'm not Texas, brother. This is Tex. I just wanted some more airtime.
1: Oh, I was I was suspicious of but
2: this. But here's my reprise, all right? <clears throat> I used Blue Chew. It was good for me. It was good for you,
1: Blue Chew. Oh my. Blue Chew. Bluechew.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the After Chat. I am Josh Chernoff, and as always, I am joined by the one and only wonderful Willie, Bill After. Bill, how are you? Wonderful Willie, if you will.
2: You know, I've got so many comments from so many fans out there that we've been uh, chatting up. They keep asking me to do that uh, Dusty Rhodes imitation. And one fan sent me an email. They said, if the WWE ever decided to put me in the Hall of Fame, yeah, would I, I do it in the Dusty voice, my acceptance speech? And, uh, yeah, I would love to. But uh, – Ted DiBiase, who we're going to have on a future after chat. Yes. For years, Ted DiBiase is 30, 40 years. He always asked me to do my Jerry Lewis Nutty Professor imitation.
1: One of my and favorite movies. he said movies. if
2: they ever had – well, thank you. The original one, not the Eddie Murphy The original one
1: is one of my favorite movies.
2: Right. was starring Jerry Lewis. He wrote it. He starred in it. He produced it. And uh, DiBiase said to me, if you ever get up there – I'm going to scream out in the middle that you have to accept it in the your nutty professor Jerry Lewis voice. Uh, otherwise, he will uh, he'll come in, he'll just get up and uh, and pound me until I do
1: it. So uh, so uh, hey, here's an idea for the after chatters. Maybe we should start. We mentioned this, I feel like, in a show in the past, but I I think it's it's time. For Bill Apthor to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And I feel like if anyone's listening to this podcast, they more than likely agree. So we need to figure out some sort of hashtag or something when it starts to get time for them to be thinking about it, which they're probably already thinking about this year. They probably are. Yeah, uh, We need Bill after. That would be
2: that an part. honor. Yeah.
1: And can I say, you don't even need to ask. The answer is yes, I will induct you. <laughs> well, people have asked me if I
2: was... To get that honor, and by the way, right now they don't have a uh, a category for people that do what I do and what I did back then, um, and I would accept it if it was just me on behalf of all the teams that I worked with at the magazines, but no, there's, there's really beside you there's one person who I really think would be the person to induct me. Who's do you that? know who that would be? No. Take a guess. I'll give you five
1: guesses. Five guesses? Oh, man.
2: Yes. Triple H? Five choice. No.
1: Uh, I swear, to you, if it's Nick Houseman, No. Um, <laughs> uh, who else would induct you? Stephanie? No. Ric Flair? No. Um, at this point, I'm just going off of your off of the cover of your book. Is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Come on, you have one more. One more Jerry the King Lawler. You
2: hit it right on the head. There you go. You hit it right on the head. Back in the day when Joey Styles was with the WWE, mm-hmm. I would have said Joey Styles because he worked for us at uh, the uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Family and Magazines, and uh, he knew exactly what I did back then. Um, he was more aware of it than anyone, but... Due to the relationship with Jerry the King Lawler and the whole Andy Kaufman situation and he and I being uh, friends, you know, since when he first started, uh, yeah, he'd be the guy.
1: So to get this straight, Jerry the King Lawler is going to induct you and then I will be accepting on your behalf. Is that how we're doing this or what's Oh,
2: the... what is the after chat going to have right. me on <laughs> the
1: Yeah, that yeah. night? <laughs> Phil After couldn't make it to the Hall of Fame, so they he's sent on me, yeah.
2: But no, of course, that would be the biggest uh, honor of my life. Yeah, I am, that would be great.
1: Jerry Lawler would be a perfect person to induct you. Yeah,
2: and I am in quite a few Hall of Fames. Of course you are. Yeah. You know, people have asked me, how come you're not in the Cauliflower Alley one yet? And I don't know the answer to that because okay. uh, they have inducted so many of the important people that do what I do. Um, and I think last year – Um, or the year before my dear friend, George Napolitano got in there and there's so many writers and, uh, legendary journalist people in there. And I'm a member.
1: So should we be lobbying for you to be in both hall of fame? Should we just pick which hall of fame we want to start with here? No, I I don't
2: want any lobbying for either one, to be honest with you. Oh,
1: and not lobbying on your behalf. We're not lobbying because you want us to, we're lobbying because you, you should be there.
2: No, I don't want any lobbying because I, if I'm inducted into cauliflower mm-hmm. or the WWE, uh, I want it to be from them saying he deserves it at this point.
1: Well, I think lobbying or not, I think everybody could agree that you deserve it. But well, uh, we, spe- can I
2: have a chant? Can I have a chant?
1: Uh, oh. you, you deserve it. You deserve you it. Deserve it. Thank you. Um, So, but speaking of legends like yourself, uh, we saw a lot of legends this past weekend.
2: We certainly did. It was uh, a packed full of legends weekend.
1: I saw some pictures online uh, that you would post out there. Of course, I was there when the pictures were actually taken. But uh, Tony Gurria, how about that? That
2: Before we talk about the people, I want to thank uh, James and Terrence from Legends of the Ring.
1: Yes. Uh,
2: which is the longest-running wrestling convention. They've done like 5,000 of them already. <laughs> and all in the same place in uh, Monroe Township, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And they give us the, the red carpet treatment. And uh, yeah. I want to publicly thank them. But uh, yeah, This was, was my
1: the- first experience uh, you know, with the after-chat going there uh, as anything other than a fan. And they could not have been kinder to uh, myself and Calvin, who came with us Calvin we've mentioned him on the show he's I uh, will mention him our a little bit later. Guy. he's our tech guy and uh, yeah it was they were just uh, super nice to us and and welcoming and it was an awesome experience
2: well most of the the response that I got was from the uh, picture uh, the single picture of me with uh, the incredible Renee Young
1: ah uh, yes so you didn't so the, you didn't get a response to the picture that had Calvin and myself in it too
2: I did not okay I did, not.
1: I did. I, we got some good ones uh, Renee Young yeah that was fantastic to see I wasn't expecting to uh, meet her there uh, a very very kind person um, did you look at the roster before you went I did I did but I didn't I, I missed did her. it to you I know I was looking at it you know who I did you know who I saw was supposed to be there and maybe they were there but I didn't get a chance to see them. Uh, the old Beverly Brothers.
2: Oh, I got to see them. Mike, Did you, where and Wayne were they?
1: Bloom.
2: They were in the uh, uh, the big time autograph room.
1: Okay. So I, I was so I was in the small time autograph room. The Beverly Brothers.
2: I- but before that, Josh, uh-huh. what were they called in the AWA? Uh,
1: I don't know the tag team, but I know Wayne Bloom and. Uh, uh... Wait, you got to answer the question. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It was the Destruction Crew. Really? I didn't know that. Yes, when
2: they were in the AWA.
1: uh, The, uh, I want to say it was, well, it was either Bo or Blake. I'm not sure which one it was. It was the one who didn't have the mustache.
2: That would have been Wayne.
1: Wayne Bloom, not Mike Enos, right? Yeah, right. Mike Enos had the the mustache. So Wayne Bloom was one of the people, one of the... uh, I believe the only time I've ever gone backstage at an event that you were not actually responsible for getting me back there, it was actually before I even met you, um, and I went backstage because a friend, a family friend, worked for Prism. Remember Prism? Um,
2: yes, it was it was a network,
1: right? Yes. And their offices were in the Spectrum, so we were able to go back. Well, no, no.
2: Remember, I was living in New York at that time.
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying. So you weren't you weren't there, but we went back oh, and I,
2: I I was I wasn't in Prism. Okay. Waiting for that opening, but go uh, ahead. Go ahead.
1: Um, so, no, uh, but got us backstage, and and yeah, he was one of the people that I, I one of the first wrestlers that I got to meet was uh, Wayne Bloom. So I was actually looking forward to getting to meet him again, um, but uh, but it it wasn't to be. But you know what? I didn't like
2: when they came in as the Beverly Brothers because these were two he men, and it just seemed like it. The name, the Beverly Brothers was not a He-Man type of name. Yeah,
1: I never got what the Beverly Brothers were. I, me? You know what I mean? Like, for, especially at a time when everyone had a gimmick. Like, what were they?
2: We're going to get them on the show.
1: That would, I would love that.
2: I got phone numbers on both you, of them.
1: You know, you know uh, who else I would love to have on the show? It doesn't have to be. We don't have to have all three on at the same time, because I think five people talking on a podcast could get a little confusing. But I would love to have uh, Lanny Poffo on the show. Oh, done. John-
2: done lanny okay. is and there, by the way there is uh chat around not after chat yet that he may be one of the new broadcasters on the access tv new japan show in really? the uh, upcoming that's what i'm hearing wow or or something to do with ring of honor okay so again it's chatter but you know we saw a uh, um uh pat Tenile. Pat Tanaka and oh. uh and Paul Diamond.
1: Pat Tana- uh, I did not see Paul Diamond.
2: No, not Paul Diamond. Uh, yeah, wait a minute. The tag team, Pat Tanaka and...
1: Are you talking about the Orient Express?
2: Yes. Pat Tanaka and... Why can't I think of his name well, at Paul the
1: moment? Paul Diamond was... He was... Uh... No, no. Pat Tanaka and... Sato. Sato. Right. Yeah, oh, Sato and Tanaka. That was originally... Right. And then Kato came in, but I believe Kato was Paul Diamond under a mask.
2: Well, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka were they were a bad originated. company. Yeah, they exactly they originated that gimmick. That was AWA, and I think Diamond Dallas Page was involved with them as well. Okay. Yeah, actually, um, I think Page may have managed them. We'll have to look all this up.
1: Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look that up. But I know it was uh, Sato and and Tanaka uh, were the original Orient Express, and then Kato came in and he was masked and he was Paul Diamond. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> It's an interesting thing about Paul Diamond. Why is it that he had so many uh, gimmicks under a mask?
2: Oh, well, wait a minute. You don't know the real part of this. Is that back in the 60s, Mr. Weston, my mentor, when he was doing the magazines, there was another Paul Diamond. Wasn't the same guy. Okay. Yeah. So that's another Paul Diamond. Now, sitting next to them. Okay. Or the Rougeaux. So the Raymond, wait a minute, but but was Paul okay, so was it
1: Paul Diamond? Was he there at the at the show at Legends of the yes. Ring?
2: He was sitting right next to
1: Tanaka. Had he been wearing a mask, I would have recognized no, him.
2: No, it was him. Uh so next to them were Raymond and Jacques Rougeau. Yes. They were together. Then we saw Psycho Sid. Oh and-
1: man, that was great to be so so I quote unquote met him for the first time. Uh, but that wasn't actually the first time that I'd ever met him. I met him back uh, when you took me backstage in an ECW uh, pay-per-view. I believe it was, I want to say it was Hardcore Heaven 99. And he was back there. And I remember in like their little catering area, which made up almost the entire backstage area. uh, This was in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I remember he was just standing there uh, hitting make-believe, holding a make-believe baseball bat, hitting make-believe baseballs. And, now,
2: uh, I'm glad you said hitting because he said something to us that yeah. uh, surprised me. He said that uh, he's going into boxing.
1: Yeah, he said he's been boxing, and I said, I feel sorry for whoever you're boxing. And yeah, really? He, and he laughed and said that, no, he's for the most part just uh, – I think he's just using it for cardio and training. But he yeah. he'd mentioned yeah. that he was uh, – Uh, That he competed in Golden Gloves when he He was younger, which I never knew that before. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I I could have told you that. But
1: still a very intimidating, intimidating man, Uh, but nice as can be. You
2: know who else was there? And he's been advertised at a lot of the conventions, and he hasn't been there due to ill health. But it was so great to see the former multi-time National Wrestling Alliance heavyweight champion of the world, Harley Race.
1: Harley Race was there?
2: You did, you didn't see him, and his line no. was a mile long. What?
1: Okay, can we yeah. talk for a second about this? I he was, was in there the same with room, you, Josh. I was there with you the entire time. Harley Race was not there when I went back in there. Kevin Nash and and Sid, uh, there were a number of people there, but I think Harley Race had already. Well, I was doing some other stuff that we can't really talk about just yet but I was working on some other stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, but no, Harley was there, and he had a huge line. I would and, have uh,
1: loved to have met Harley Race.
2: Well, he and I saw each other, and I've known him his whole career, and I went over to him, and he gave me a big hug and a big kiss and said, you know, we got to talk more. I miss talking to you, Bill.
1: Well, I think we need to get him on the show.
2: Um, I think we will. All right. I think we will. But yeah, it was a great experience. And then we got to talk to uh, um, the very obnoxious Billy Gunn.
1: Oh, Bill, What are you talking about? Obnoxious. Guy's a, he's a, wonder- a wonderful man. No, he's been very obnoxious to me. No, I feel like he and I were just on the exact same page.
2: Well, let me tell you something. There was a video that's been taken down from YouTube many, many, many years ago. I was at an awesome wrestling TV event, mm-hmm. and I interviewed uh, Billy Gunn and Road Dogg. And the language that Billy Gunn used on me, and every time he has seen me since then, uh, is not very complimentary.
1: So, uh, you know, I think think this is just all one big misunderstanding because Billy Gunn has never been anything but kind to me uh he and i had a great we had a great i remember a great conversation while we were there when when i mentioned the after chat podcast and he told me how much he was looking forward to talking to me specifically and not oh you know now that i think about that.
2: yeah yeah actually he didn't call it the after chat i was standing there he called it the chat podcast
1: yeah the chat podcast well, it yeah. makes a lot of sense when he was saying, you know, Josh, you really need to get your name in the show. And I was like, ah, come on. That's well, it's all kind of starting to make sense. Right, well. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'm i going to, uh, uh, he was there with his son, Austin, who if anybody has seen Austin Gunn in the ring, it is just like, it is spitting image of his father. Um, it, it's incredible. And uh, I'm going to reach out to Austin and we are going to schedule to get uh, both Austin and Billy Gunn on the after chat in a future episode on the, chat. on the chat uh and we are going to uh hash this out between you and billy gunn
2: okay well it's all on his side also uh there were a lot of uh guys from impact wrestling there uh, yes ross foreman uh who is the head of media relations who will be on our uh show today yes Uh was there and it was great to see Ross because he was one of the head guys, uh one of the head publicists at uh back in the days of W W C W, everybody says. But back in the days of WCW, C- it was great to see him. We saw um uh Tessa Blanchard.
1: Yes, Tessa Blanchard, the yes. uh the knockouts champion retained her title at Bound for Glory, which is something we're gonna talk about. Um, as well as uh uh so censored was there uh who else was there from from impact there are a few more people there hey you yeah. know who i got to uh, talk to you for a little bit a guy i've been a fan of for years hurricane helms oh he's great and he's been
2: he's... on the he's been on the video after chat many yeah. times
1: well he's going to be on the uh the <clears throat> real after chat sometime in the near future
2: on the after chat <laughs> podcast the and so will podcast. so will young flip gordon he was yes. uh yeah. And you know what I clued him into? What's that? I clued him into, I said, did he ever hear of the comedian Flip Wilson? And he said, yeah, people keep, you know, older people uh, keep uh, saying Flip Wilson instead. And I took out my uh, my cell phone and I showed him some videos of Flip Wilson as both Flip and the character Geraldine. And we will have, uh, we have to, well, you know, there was this big controversy before All In, whether Flip, Gordon was going to be on yeah, or not. He made, so it. He made it in we, there. We need a vote. We need a vote here. We need the after chatters to let us know, should Flip Gordon be on the after chat?
1: Ooh, we'll have to put a poll out. That'd be great. What do you think?
2: I think that's what great. Think? Yeah.
1: I think, spoiler, he's going to be on no matter what they say. But
2: uh, No, no, no. You know no? what? This is a shoot. Ooh. This is a shoot. Okay. All right? Is he going to be all in on the after chat? It's up to the after chatters.
1: All right. All right. We're going to put that poll out there. I think that's great. And
2: I think right now, there are some things going on in the wrestling world. My right arm is starting to go around what feels like an imaginary head. It's time for Headlock on Headlines.
1: All right. First up on our uh, headlines here. Uh, Bound for Glory took place at the Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York. And I, myself and Calvin Tan, had the opportunity to go there live. We were taken care of by Ross Foreman um, that we'd mentioned before. Ross will be on the show later. So we're not going to go too deep into Bound for Glory. By the way,
2: also during our branding here, you brought something out that we should be calling it the after-chat podcast so yes. branding from this show on whenever we mention the after chat it's now going to be the after chat podcast
1: well it's a good thing because you know you, you you have had the after chat for a number of years the name and that's where the name of course came from when we were deciding on a name for the podcast um, but yeah, this is not the video after chat, uh, that you've done in the past. So yeah, I think the after chat podcast is, uh, is, is the way to do it. So
2: it's different from the one wrestling.com after chat. Yes. That's different.
1: Yes. It's okay. definitely different than that. Uh, but something that people should also be checking out. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Ross Foreman really took care of us. Uh, it, it was, we, we were given such great treatment, um, for being there and uh, it was just a fantastic event start to finish. There was a video that I posted. I took right, um, right after the show down at ringside. And I, I believe I said that bell to bell start to finish. This was a fantastic night of professional wrestling. And it, it was. Really was. Not, and
2: I saw it. I saw most of the show and uh, it was really exciting. And we, we're going to discuss this with Ross later, but impact wrestling has there's something uh, going on that's making Impact Wrestling just even more exciting, and we'll talk to Russ. But the big controversy, of course, is after losing the heavyweight championship to Johnny Impact, Austin Aries
1: walked out. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not sure what happened. Nobody's really sure. Uh, the rumor going around is that his contract is up, but um, you know he 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 lost fair and square. Uh, and he got up and had a lot to say to people about it. So well, he, he was not, ha- he was not happy.
2: Keep in mind what happened at the, uh, press conference at the hall of fame right. when this was supposed to be a classic, classy hall of fame mm-hmm. ceremony. And, uh, uh, Abyss had gotten his award and thank you. Uh, congratulations to Abyss and, uh, who will be on a future after chat podcast. Uh, but during that, Hall of Fame ceremony the the uh the battling that went on both physically and mentally between Austin Aries Verbally. and Johnny Impact yeah i mean it was just
1: so and and that had been going on for a while uh they were on TMZ they were and, and and i have to tell you and this is something that i absolutely loved about this match the way they worked this match um they it was uh you felt like this was a shoot And I know I'm using the inside terminology and all that stuff, but it felt that way. It felt like it almost made me look at wrestling and say, I wish they would ban or not ban, but I wish they would do less punches and kicks unless they were going to really do some damage because these guys were, they were wrestling. They They were were, hurting each other. They were legitimately punches and kicks. Yeah. But they were legitimately wrestling each other in the beginning, There, takedowns and reversals. and, And to me at the core of this, it's wrestling. And, you know, as an amateur, uh, a former amateur wrestler myself, I loved seeing that. And Calvin was sitting next to me and he also was an amateur wrestler. And just, you know, so to, to watch that, you're looking at that and that just felt, that just felt so real. And maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. And, and and that question is what I love to ask. When I watch pro wrestling, I want to walk away. I want to, 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 you know, be a mark for it. I want to be duped by it, if that makes any sense. And I think you do, no, too. No, it,
2: it, it, it does. And uh, when I watched that show, so much of that show went back to the days of, uh, of pro wrestling. It really did. So the question now yes. is that Austin Aries, if the controversy is, is this real or is this a storyline, a shoot or a work, Correct correct so my feeling i was going to give you my feeling but i'm actually i'm confused by it it's drawn that fine line that i have not felt in so many years that you know i'm not really sure because the more so than the physical end at that press conference was verbally how that got out of hand in front of legit press um and some fans that were there as well.
1: But even just in the match there were so many times there was a you know a couple of kicks that then were just like instantly back up in each other's face. They weren't selling it like you normally would and uh and I so I'll say this if it's a work um they did a they fantastic got job. And I and I hope, got can I, can I tell you honestly I hope it's a work. I hope it's a work because if it, if it if it wasn't if it was a shoot then it's just kind of, then it's a little unfortunate and it's two people that maybe should have been, you know, able to kind of do this without it getting so carried away. But if it's a work, then they are just doing it. They are doing so well to to be able to make fans like us who have been in, in the business or have been fans for as many years as we have to stop and go, ooh, I think that that may have been real. That's the beauty of pro wrestling.
2: The big question here is where does Austin Aries go from here? Because as you know, yeah. he's been a huge advocate um, for years for what his other life and his other other businesses, you know, the uh, um, almost like the holistic vegetable, plant-based diets and Yeah, so yeah. he might be uh, doing more of that. And I'm going to reach out and see if uh, we can snare him for the after chat podcast but it was yeah, i feel like right now bottom,
1: he he's, he's probably radio silent not wanting to talk to anybody is, right now
2: he's, i've already tried so yeah he's radio silent um but as you said top to bottom it was great and we'll talk to ross a little bit yeah, later so we'll go
1: more into detail with that so
2: now one of the things that i also wanted to mention and hmm. it just came up here that uh ring of honor also ran and uh they have new tag team champions yeah So Ring of Honor ran the same night as Bound for Glory. Ring of Honor ran in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was an excellent show. And one of the big things, major things that happened there is the long-reigning tag team champions, the Briscoe brothers, were defeated. There were two other teams. It was a triple threat. Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky was one of those teams, and the Young Bucks was another one of those teams. And Kazarian and Scorpio Sky are now the new Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, what a fantastic match. Uh, not that anyone should really be surprised with that amount of talent in the ring. But man, what a, what an amazing time to be a wrestling fan. When you think about what was going on, as we said earlier, we'll, we'll go into more detail later with Ross Foreman about uh, Impact. But... You have in New York City. You have uh, what you have. Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory, which was a fantastic show, and then you have at the exact same time going on in Philly. You've got Ring of Honor show with just incredible match after incredible match, and it's you know it, it almost reminded me a little bit of that feeling while I'm while I'm watching Impact. I get out of Impact and I get home. And I go to see, like, okay, I got to see what happened at Ring of Honor. And it almost reminded me of of the Monday Night Wars. And I know yeah. some people might say, oh, how's that the same as the Monday Night Wars? But I think you get what I, what I mean by that.
2: Oh, I definitely do. But yeah. you know what? I have an idea. Okay. Why don't we, since we've been talking about Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory, why don't we go to our interview with the head of media relations of Impact Wrestling,
3: Ross Foreman?
2: Russ Foreman, it's so great to have you on the After Chat
3: podcast. Hey, Bill, how is it possible this is the first time I've ever been on the After Chat?
2: Well, you know what? Um, We're going down the line and getting the important people one at a time, and it's finally your your time to be here. Well, I remember podcast. I
1: had your name at the top of my list, and then Bill kind of shuffled it. I know there. you did, Josh. I yeah. saw your
3: list in oh. person in oh. New York.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Russ, what I wanted to talk to you about – of course, is the uh, Bound for Glory was an incredible show, and uh, we were talking about the entire card, uh, match for match, everything was just really fabulous, and that Impact Wrestling seems to be making, uh, really making waves now, it's like a brand new Impact Wrestling, but one of the things that's being talked about, of course, all over social media, is the walkout of Austin Aries. Would you like to address that?
3: What are you talking about? His entrance to the ring. Yeah, <laughs> gets the music, he walks out. <laughs> well, I, actually,
2: when he walked out of the uh, the building right after his loss to uh, Johnny Impact, the new heavyweight champion.
3: Oh, I, I didn't, wasn't quite sure which direction you were going yes, there, Bill. Yes, yes. Uh, I knew about the know, entrance. Uh, you know, Austin lost. Johnny's a new champion. Let's move on. I you know that's the way I, I look at it. The way I think a lot of people at Impact are looking at it, that, you know what? It's a, you know, it's a new era. Johnny Impact's a new world champion. Good for him. Let's see who's going to come at him first. What do you feel Ross has
2: been the uh, the key to Impact wrestling currently making a brand new product that the fans are really really getting into?
3: Well, I think two things that that come to mind uh, certainly is creative. I think the storylines, they're very good. Um, there's not one that, you know, I sit at home and think as a fan, not as a, you know, person behind the scenes that, I, that I'm bored with it. I don't enjoy watching. Everything on our show is compelling, um, and that leads from creative into the talent. I think our roster, you know, I think people have said it, and, you know, I, I certainly am, am biased when I say it, it's the best, uh, you know, roster out there. You know, man in, man out, woman in, woman out. It's it's strong. Everybody delivers every match, every night, and it. You know, it, they make it fun to watch Impact Wrestling. You know, I always say that people, you know, will will say to me, and you know, they they might dog Impact Wrestling online. Ah, oh, you know, I don't I don't like that old uh, PNA Impact Wrestling. Well, you know what? That's probably because you haven't watched it in three, four, five years, and those people still live in that that old era and you know what yeah there, there there were good things back in the day but there were still bad things back in the day but give us a shot today give the 2018 going into 2019 impact wrestling a shot because i guarantee you will be impressed
2: and i know josh has a few questions but uh when you saying you give it a shot where can people who don't know where they can watch impact wrestling where can they go to see it
3: impact wrestling every thursday night on pop tv
2: and if one does not get pop TV.
3: Well, I mean, m- most people do get pop, but if you don't, you certainly got the, the internet, you get YouTube, you know, there's enough content out there. You can go to impact com by Monday, uh, by Friday morning, by the time you wake up, there's enough uh, review of what happened on, you know, impact the night before, you know, it's a, it's a different era, you know, Bill, as, as you certainly can attest to, and you know, when you were doing magazines, they, they, you, you know, it would take forever before you knew what happened. You know, at a, at a match in Los Angeles. Well, now it's instantaneous.
1: So I, w- I wanted to touch on something that you had said uh, about people. Maybe they. it's been a number of years because I was one of those people. I was a huge fan of TNA in the, the days with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and uh, Team Canada. I remember that time very fondly. There was a time, maybe you know, five years ago or whatnot, where things did start. You know, like you had said, there was there was some good, but there was some bad, and and it just didn't really catch. It didn't really entertain me as much as I, I had hoped. Seeing the product recently, and of course seeing Bound for Glory, it was one of the Bound for Glory is one of the best bell to bell shows that I I've seen in recent memory. Uh, it was fantastic. It had every, it had something for everybody from an entertainment value to actually, you know, hardcore wrestling, like the LAX and OGs, uh, to the hardcore wrestling fan. Do you think that the decision to keep the, the impact name, the impact brand, uh, hurt in maybe being able to get people to, to jump into such a new, cause it's such a new product compared to what it had been. Uh, at the end of the TNA days,
3: no, I, I think it's I think it's a great name actually, you know, and it uh, uh, certainly works on a, on a marketing front on a, a sponsorship front. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot more appeal to say Impact Wrestling versus TNA Wrestling when, you know, quite honestly, there, I, I heard it every time I would would talk to somebody outside of wrestling TNA. What exactly is this wrestling?
1: Yeah, I meant I didn't mean as opposed to sticking with TNA. I meant because TNA had shifted to Impact for a decent amount of time when everything, when it kind of got this, this fresh coat of paint, the decision not to just completely 100% rebrand and go with a completely new
3: name. I, I don't think it was necessary. You, we, we built the brand, you know, yes, there were, you know, flaws here and there, but you build a brand, you know, at, mm-hmm. at some point you got to say, we're going to stick with the brand as opposed to, you know, you, you say with Coke so long and then all of a sudden it's going to become uh You know, Mike Mike's liquid. You know, I don't. Yeah, no, I get what what you know. I think you got to stick with it.
1: And I I think sticking with it was a wise, a wise choice because people are starting to really differentiate it, and impact is kind of becoming its own thing here. And uh, one of the things that I loved about it was Bound for Glory. The venue, um, which looked fantastic on TV, had a a very intimate yet big feel there in person. Uh, Is can you kind of let us in on the mindset behind the venues that you you've been choosing? Obviously, the the TV tapings that people see uh, in Canada has such a neat look to it with the light, the way the lighting set up and the screen, the blue around and on the ceiling. Which
2: which was, by the way, this was at the uh, Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York.
1: Yes, sure, Melrose in uh,
3: um, you know Queens, and then it was up in uh, the Rebel Entertainment Complex in. Toronto. I, I think that have been two of them. Have, both of them have been very good venues. They, they work for us. Um, gosh, as you can attest that Sunday night bound for glory. It's, it's crazy in there. It, yeah. You know, Josh, you're, you were in one spot. I, I, I know where you were sitting. You, you, you couldn't move. You couldn't even go to get a drink. No, it was so crowded in there. That's the, you know, and, and imagine me, I got to walk all around the entire building, different directions. <laughs> right. I, I'd have to go, okay, well, let me go around here through the crowd and well, I can't go through the crowd. So I'm going to have to go around up and open up and over. Um, it's, it's a crazy venue. Um, there were so many people in there. Um, as everybody knows, Bono was sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a venue, um, you know, it's a, a little small, intimate place. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a 20,000 seat, you know, United center that, that, you know, we have here in Chicago. Um, but we're not at that point now, and I right. I think it's better. Um, you know, nobody wants to go to a, a five thousand seat arena and have you know half of it crowded. And you know, there's not really that energy. That energy on both Slamversary and Bound for Glory is oh, it's great, intense, yeah, as intense as anything I've seen in wrestling, you know, in twenty years. I agree.
2: So I agree. Ross to the fan that says. I don't watch that. Give us a minute or two of
3: why you should
2: watch this.
3: Well, first question I would ask is, why don't you watch it? I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, th- this is a product that delivers. I mean, there's there's characters that are super engaging. Uh, everybody's putting all out every night. Um, you know, I don't think it's a, it's a big talk fest yet. Yes, there's segments that, you know, interviews and back and forths. But the in-ring action is as good as you'll get anywhere. Um, and you know, as I said earlier, if you haven't watched Impact, you know, in a few years, you didn't, you know, you, it fell out of graces with you for whatever reason. Give us a shot now. Um, you you you'll be impressed. Period. Uh, these guys are guys and girls are, are giving their, you know, truly their blood, sweat, and tears. And I think it delivers. It's it's a product that. It's very compelling. The storylines. I give full credit to creative, you know, Sanjay Dutt, Jimmy Jacobs, Scott Demore, all those guys. They do a great job. It's not a, uh, it's not a roster of you know 250 guys. Well, we could pick this guy and put him here and her and this. You know, there's a limited number of spots on our roster, and somehow these guys, I you know, I, in a way, I don't want to be in their shoes because they're up till you know ungodly hours at times for creative meetings but I think what they've produced has been has been amazing
1: yeah it, it definitely had the feel that you knew this was not something that was put on as filler this was not something oh hey we just need yeah we need a guy and whatever we'll just do this match it'll be good enough everything really feels like it's been well thought out um which as a fan I think fans nowadays that's what they're they're looking for yes. and i I've tried yes. to you know, I don't have the the largest Twitter following in the world. But for the people who do follow me, I tried to really stress just how if you're not watching this, start watching it because it really and I'm not just blowing smoke because we're talking to you. You know, Calvin and I were driving back afterwards just talking about this was the this is one of the best shows we have seen. And we don't know how long. And uh, and their TV, you said there's not a lot of talking, but I found uh, even for a pay-per-view, I found that the video packages before, the explanations of how we got to where we are were so good that you felt in just a, a matter of minutes, you automatically felt invested in the story. So I, th- I, I really think that Impact is well on its way to, uh, to being considered again by wrestling fans to be a, a major player. Ross,
2: before we well, let you go, we want to have you say a few words about the Hall of Fame ceremony and uh, Abyss being chosen as uh, this year's recipient?
3: Well, I don't think there's anybody at Impact Wrestling who would deny super deserving uh, Abyss has been a, a, a great entertainer for 15, 16 years. Um, what he's done in that ring, what he's put his body through um, is... is you know, it speaks volumes about the, the. It's just deserving. You know, there's no question in my mind that Abyss is a Hall of Famer. Um, what he's done as far as a hardcore wrestler, you know, you think, I mean, there were some great, great matches of so many different people, but I, you know, I think of Mick Foley, I always think of Abyss. Yes. And yes. I think that says it right there. I mean, I think everybody, whatever company you, you know, you watch or you cheer for, would say that Mick Foley is, you know, Mr. Hardcore. I put Abyss right up there.
2: Yeah. Okay, so Ross Foreman, the head of media relations for Impact Wrestling, give it a shot. It's incredible. And where can fans find you and Impact Wrestling on social media?
3: I'm kind of more of a uh, Facebook, Twitter person. Um, okay, so you can find me there. Impact Wrestling is uh, uh, at Impact Wrestling on every possible social platform and i think uh for bill i think we actually do have a myspace um i think you, you're still doing my, myspace are you not
2: uh no no my typewriter won't uh the screen <laughs> broke yeah
3: actually bill I, I i've heard you're not even at myspace yet you're still doing friendster is that who true told,
2: who told you that that's and okay ha- josh
3: is in the back thinking thinking
1: friendster i've what never is heard friendster, of that? What right, is that right Josh Bannis. Do you ever heard of Friendster? You know what? I don't know how I want to answer that because I, I think there's a chance you think that I'm a lot younger than I am, so I wanna I kinda of wanna keep that going. But uh, yeah, I do know I do know friendster and MySpace and all of that. never heard of it. Never heard of I Friendster. I never had a friendster. Never had a friendster. I, home I home?
3: didn't either. <laughs> I kinda wanna go look and see if I remember what my uh, MySpace password would be. Yeah,
1: I I I don't know. It's been a long time.
2: Russ Foreman, the head of public relations media relations for impact wrestling. Thank you for being on the after chat podcast. Sounds good. I want to come back, Bill. Oh, you, you'll be back. You
1: definitely will. Alrighty. Thank you. Ross. Thank you so much. And thanks again. for You the got it guys. Anytime. Right. Thank you again to Ross Foreman for taking the time to speak with us and, and for, uh, having us there at bound for glory. Um, Bill, I think we have a, a few more, uh, a few more headlocks to throw here, though.
2: Yes, we do, and uh, let's talk SmackDown 1000. And I want to tell you what I came out from that show thinking more than anything else that went on on that show. Even though we have new tag team champions, mm-hmm. um, and we, there were so many uh, spectacular moments, but the one thing that grabbed me was when Evolution came out. Oh, yeah. And Batista, Ric Flair, Randy Orton, and Triple H all did their little spiel. But that one moment of Batista when he was talking about how great Triple H made everything, and when he laid that line on, but he never beat him, that little moment that was totally uncomfortable Made my night. Do I want to see Triple H against Batista maybe as one of the major events at WrestleMania next year? And quoting someone who's on SmackDown a lot, hell yeah!
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I thought you were going to go with yes, yes. Uh, for someone who's smacked no, in the no. lap but um yeah absolutely and it, it just felt like you know I feel like every week we kind of we've been talking about the differences between now and and you know attitude wait hold time. on hold on hold on I have to take a dance break <laughs>
2: okay go ahead i'm sorry oh
1: man it's a shame this isn't a video um <laughs> but uh, you know i i i think you know we've been talking about every week this the the differences when we you know going back to when Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker first had their interaction on Raw a few weeks back, and uh, again, this was just another example to me of, of of man, just let let these guys free. You know what I mean? Let them just just go because this was so entertaining and it was and telling Yeah, it was. I will say one other thing that kind of struck me: uh, Randy Orton walking out wearing the suit. He looked ten years younger. He looked. He did. He looked I agree. straight out of the original Evolution. Yeah. I don't know if he like yeah. did his hair a certain way or something or whatever it was. But I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, this doesn't even look like the same guy that was that was on TV. You know, last week.
2: No, but you know the one of the other things there was Ric Flair was trying to res, kind of restore order in case this broke out. Yeah. They would they would have gone right over him had they not respected him. Yeah. It was also really,
1: also really good to see Ric Flair, you know, who obviously has, has gone through some uh, health issues that everybody knows yeah. about. But, uh, yeah. man, to see him there is Still just, the nature boy. Yeah, now, I want
2: to talk about great. another moment. And, again, it was from a veteran mm-hmm. that—and a lot of the guys today just can't keep our attention like this. When Edge was sitting down and giving oh, advice man. to Becky Lynch— I couldn't take my eyes off the TV. He was so freaking compelling. You couldn't, why can't everyone be like that and be like Batista and triple H with that tension? It's It's just like,
1: (laughs) so it's funny though, because there are a lot of different ways to look at this. You can look at this from the standpoint of, Hey, maybe these guys are veterans so that, you know, they didn't have to stick to a script exactly. They could kind of ad-lib. But it goes back to some of the conversations we've had in the past. Think about the two guys that you just pointed out. Batista, who is a part of one of the biggest movie franchises going on today. and In Edge, the galaxy. In yes. the galaxy, yeah. And Edge, who since retiring from the WWE, has been acting on show after show, he's been uh, he's steadily acting and so, podcasting, and podcasting. Edge and Christian have an awesome podcast. Edge and Batista, they have that that intangible uh, quality about them that obviously has allowed them to succeed outside of wrestling in the entertainment world. Uh, but at the same time, yet yeah, they also have the history behind them in the pro wrestling business that they know how to cut a promo. But what I will say, and I think this is kind of a neat segue because you brought this up. um, I love Becky Lynch, what they did with her, her, her reaction, her, her. Yeah. So I think while we're saying, oh man, these younger people can't necessarily do it. She did a great job. Another did another female who did a great job this, this past week was uh, Ronda Rousey. It was the oh best, my God. The best Ronda Rousey promo, the best uh, the best I've seen from her since she started, because I was a huge Ronda Rousey fan when she was uh, in mixed martial arts, and part of, of the appeal to her was that she was just such a badass. And since coming to the WWE, there's been a lot of, you know, she's all smiles Ronda Rousey, you know, and so happy to be there. The lines that she dropped on uh, on Nikki Bella, oh, man, the crowd about John C- about John Cena, uh-huh. and I think yeah. and I thought something very interesting because that was that crowd was so hot during that that promo. Um, you know, it's a Philly crowd, of yeah, course. But you 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 fast forward, uh, which I'll tell you, I didn't. I didn't fast forward. And this is one of the, this this has been the last couple weeks of Raw and SmackDown 1000. It's been the first time in a long time that I haven't felt the need to fast forward through things. Um, Because I do have, I usually end up watching it on delay. Uh, But it's just, they, something's changing, you know, something's kind of turning. But I I think that uh, the Trish Stratus Lita. Alexa bliss Mickey James promo later in the night. the crowd was dead.
2: Oh, yeah. They I don't think care. they were dead, but uh, you just you,
1: you can't follow. Uh, no. and and that's where I, I was curious your opinion on this. Do you think that they just didn't care? Or do you think that it's maybe a combination no. of that and the fact that it's a three hour long show and that the, the fans, you know, when you when you get as emotionally invested in something as they were earlier in the night for a number of different segments, by the time you get to one that's maybe not quite as, uh, you know, intense, um, really looking forward to the match, but maybe, you know, it doesn't have the, the stakes that something else would have. Do you think that maybe that's why the crowd wasn't into it as much? Um,
2: it's hard to, the, the, uh, it's really hard for me to pinpoint that. I just think that there was a, uh, an intensity, uh, and a realness Mm -hmm. about that, uh, the Bella's Ronda segment that the rest of the show couldn't compete with.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's move on to, we have new tag team champions, the new day, um, finally, have lost the tag team belts. It was a screw job finish. Yeah. But, how uh, about that? The big yeah, show. Yeah, big show making uh, his return and uh uh being part of that screw job and now uh Cesaro and um Sheamus are in charge of the belts again.
1: And so, they are yeah. now five-time tag team champions.
2: Five-time. Five-time. I'm not going to do that five times. You know, I was absolutely thrilled to see a match that was one of those fantasy matches we would do in the magazine mm-hmm. because they were never in the same place at the same time, really. Uh, Nakamura took on the returning Rey Mysterio. Friend of the show. Jr. Yes, Ray yeah, Mysterio. friend of the show. Yeah, you've got to check out. If you haven't heard that episode, go to theafterchat.com, go to the archives, and listen to that show. And not only is Rey Mysterio Jr. on there, but his son, Dominic. Yes, makes an appearance as well, a run-in, but Mysterio and Nakamura for a spot in the uh, World Cup tournament. That's going to be at leave it blank. Right now, um, <laughs> well, it's going to be a crown.
1: It's going to be a crown jewel. Uh, we just don't know where crown jewel is going to be, and that's actually well, do you, do you the mind the World if,
2: Cup at the crown jewel? Correct. Right?
1: Do you mind if we talk about that for a minute? Well, okay. we
2: will, we will. But let me just say. Uh, I was thrilled to see – everybody knows that I love the flying Lucha Libre guys back from the days of uh, Mil Mascaris, and I've always been a a supporter of Rey Mysterio Jr., and uh, when the fans started chanting, you still got it, you said I was standing there in my living room doing the same thing. And when he did that uh, dive over the bottom rope, I had never seen anybody do that before.
1: Yeah, continuing like belly to, flop, continuing to uh, to innovate. I think I may have seen him do that a couple of times, but uh, I've never re- seen it. Regardless, him do that. it was uh, it was an impressive move, uh, which is not but, surprising but, coming from him. But
2: Nakamura retains the United States Championship. It was not a it was title non-title,
1: match. but they will face each other. I believe it will be at Starcade. They will be doing another uh, another Starcade event. Um, I want to take a minute to talk about Crown Jewel and the controversy that's going on. Um, Bill, you and I are not going to get political here. That's not what the After Chat is.
2: The After um, Chat podcast.
1: The After that's Chat cool. podcast is is not a political podcast. But many feel that this is uh, this isn't about politics. Um, I'm curious your opinion. I have I I have my opinion about about the the show, but. More importantly, I want to talk about the fact that Crown Jewel and the World Cup and everything around it were still being heavily, heavily, heavily promoted on Raw and SmackDown this week. However, there is an absence of the location. They never once said where it would be.
2: Well, they're, they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do here. And I don't want to get too involved in this because, again, this involves politics. There are so many moving parts to this thing. I hope. The show happens somewhere. Oh, it's gonna I'm happen. Not, It'll yeah, happen. I'm not. I'm not endorsing them running the show where it's uh, where it's slated to go right now. Not by any means. So, Randy so, Orton.
1: Randy Orton just said uh, today, as we're as we're recording this on a Wednesday, Randy Orton was asked, I believe it was on TMZ, and he was asked, you know, what he thinks about them going. And his his point. That he made was that they're trying to create a better place over there, and by them not going, that's not helping anything. That's not you know by them going. His thought and his hope is that this is going to continue to change uh, the environment over there. That this is going to continue yeah. But wait, to wait, wait,
2: wait. The, the bigger picture here is for what we do is that the pressure of the legit press that the eyes of the world Mm -hmm. are on WWE um, and all the money that they can make over there. Is WWE doing this no matter what in Saudi Arabia? Or are they going to say that this thing happened? We cannot in good conscience do this. So um, the world is watching them. This is not... You know, an independent wrestling company that right. can be uh, this is a publicly traded company, and I'm sure the fans are not thinking that the stockholders, the shareholders, probably have a large voice in this as well.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a lot that uh, you know. From what I understand, they've signed a 10-year deal to bring these shows to Saudi Arabia, and uh, these are shows that are uh, again. This is what I, what I've read is that they're entirely paid for. Um, so you look at a guy like Shawn Michaels, and we don't know the real reasons why he came out of retirement, but I'm sure he is, he is making, and rightfully so, a pretty uh, significant payday. Well, now you move this show somewhere else, you know, where's that money coming from? There's a lot that needs to be considered. Having said oh, absolutely. that, having absolutely. said that, um, this is yep. a a very controversial uh, decision for them, one way or the other. And I feel like at this point, um, because they didn't immediately make that gut decision, hey, we're stopping, we're not going to go. I feel like even if they don't go, there are some people who are who are not going to let go of the fact that they didn't immediately in, in the way that like a Richard Branson immediately cut ties.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, they, they, people uh, are going to, you know, negatively look at this because they're going to say they should have had that knee jerk reaction. Yes. This has happened. We're not going. But, and I think,
1: but what I want to do is I want to try and believe that there's more to it, which is maybe why there wasn't a knee jerk reaction. That it wasn't because yep. they didn't care about Well, I mentioned that. So I mentioned
2: there's too many moving parts. Yes. There are more people than just Vince McMahon saying, well, we're going to
1: pull that show or we're going no matter what. Right. It might this, not be quite as easy.
2: No, this is a major corporation.
1: Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, I think that with that, we'll, we'll kind of see okay. what's. Yeah. Well, well wait a minute. Wait
2: a minute. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk about SmackDown 1000. The first thing I saw mm-hmm. when that show opened up was the sign in the crowd that Pritchard owns Meltzer. Ooh. So we're going to have to have Bruce on, and we're going to have to have Dave Meltzer on and find out what the heck is going on here.
1: Well, I mean, I think anybody who listens to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard uh, is familiar with uh, his feelings on Dave Meltzer. Um Correct. And uh, But, you know, but it's interesting you mentioned Dave Meltzer because there have been, once upon a time, you were either a Meltzer guy or an Apter guy. And I would love for us to get Dave Meltzer on the show. I would too. By
2: the way, we did two different things. Okay. Two different things. And that was back in the days of uh, the kayfabe where if the promoters would have found out I talked to Dave Meltzer, I would never have been allowed any access to the buildings.
1: But as – As you're going to find out today with our guests, uh, we have Tony Schiavone and uh, Jim Cornette coming up. And at the end of that, uh, once Tony Schiavone had to go, because he's a very busy man, uh, Jim Cornette hung around for a bit. And I asked him about something you and I had brought up a while ago about the kayfabe magazines. And he had a fantastically convincing answer for whether or not Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, was a kayfabe magazine magazine well, so P W I The
2: Wrestler inside right. so Wrestling. So we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna. gonna
1: give that away but uh, listen to the end of the interview. Um, but speaking of podcasts and speaking of Tony Schiavone, you know, Tony Schiavone was on another podcast. You know what that podcast was? What was that? That was the Rockin' Wrestling podcast. Oh yes and he rocked. Yeah hosted by Nick Newman. Wait I didn't say that right oh yes the nick newman the nick newman that is how many i think today there are 17 e's at the end of the and nick yes. said that he is going to legally change his name to that uh, and we appreciate that but we also appreciate his sponsorship so let us tell you just a little bit about what the rock and wrestling podcast is. well
2: it's something i listen to by the way
1: absolutely so do i uh it features guests every week from independent wrestling former mm-hmm. wrestling stars a rock and heavy metal world. Uh, Some of the guests on the show have included Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses, Flip Gordon, a guy that uh, we're going to be getting on our show sometime soon. He beat us. Well, it depends.
2: It depends if the fans want him on the show. That's
1: true. Conrad Thompson, Jim Florentine, the aforementioned Tony Schiavone, and many more, including myself, Josh Chernoff from the After Chat podcast. The podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Buzzsprout. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can follow them on social media on Twitter at Nick's RNW Podcast, Instagram at Rock N Wrestling Podcast, and Facebook at Nick's Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Nick, Rock and Wrestling Podcast, thank you for sponsoring the After Chat. Rock on. So, speaking of rock and and wrestling it makes me think of rock and roll. And it makes me think of uh rock and roll, jingle, text, whatever this guy's name was that we talked to earlier.
2: I'm back here in your studio here. Glad to be here. But I want to know a little bit more about Bluetooth. And then when you tell me about Bluetooth, I, got, I was sitting on the side here listening to all this great after chatting going on here. And Chernoff says and so says and all this stuff. I wrote another jingle here about another old rock and roll song. Would have, give me some Blue Chew.
1: Right. Were you giving, saying give me some Blue Chew promo or were you just basically holding me up for Blue Chew? Doing both. Doing both. I'll tell you what. I don't actually have any Blue Chew on me, but I'd be more than happy to tell you how you can get Blue Chew. All you have to do is go to bluechew.com. Use the promo code Bill. That's B-I-L-L, and you will get your first shipment absolutely free with just paying five dollars shipping. But what is Blue Chew? Blue Chew is not just for people with ED. This is for people who want to take their game to the next level. These are for the people who remember the days when they were always ready to go. Maybe you maybe you work hard. Maybe you're tired. You need that extra boost and that extra boost of confidence in bed and that's what you're going to get with BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work but because they are a chewable they work twice as fast as a pill so if you're saying hey I'm kind of in the moment boom pop yourself some BlueChew and you are good to go in no time. BlueChew can also be taken on a full stomach It is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all text. can you tell us?
2: Well, it works.
1: We were going for no more awkwardness, but you're right, it does work, it is free, if you go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code Bill and Tex, you'll appreciate this. It's made in the USA. Good old USA. Yep. And since they prepare and ship it direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we have that special offer going for our listeners, for our after chatters. They can go to BlueChew.com and get the first shipment, as you mentioned, Tex, absolutely free using a special promo code Bill. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's BlueChew.com promo code bill to try it free can we all hear right what you have so to say? i got
2: something for you here because i've been jotting down some you know i'm thinking some of the old classic rock and roll songs like blue moon you found me standing alone you know the song
1: yeah well if you're standing alone you don't need blue chew well now wait a minute let me
2: pop pa pa pop blue chew i needed you For a love that was true, you saved my night, Blue Chew, you my
1: delight,
2: delight, Blue Chew. What do you think?
1: I actually found that entertaining.
2: Well, thank you. I'm entertaining and Blue Chew will entertain her
1: and you. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. All right, Bill, we have two guests today.
2: Yes, two guests. And what's happening is so very exciting. The National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, is celebrating their 70th anniversary. And in honor of this, the main event is going to be the current National Wrestling Alliance heavyweight champion, the American Nightmare, Cody defending against the man that he won the title from, at all in, Nick Aldis. Two out of three falls. Two out of three falls, old classic style. Mm -hmm. And the main event is going to bring together an amazing broadcast team. It's going to be Tony Schiavone, who was the voice of NWA and WCW for so many years, and the voice of one of the men who was always at NWA and WCW. And it was a real racket. And I'm talking (laughs) about Jim Cornette.
1: I see what you did there. Yes, Jim Cornette.
2: Yeah, yeah. We had them uh, uh, actually in tandem discussing the National Wrestling Alliance and what's brought them to this particular event. And uh, because we taped this fairly recently, we – Practically, just sat back and let them have the show.
1: Yeah, there were two key things that I wanted to bring up before we throw to this interview. Uh, the first one is that we we mentioned near the end that Jim Cornette is our first uh, repeating guest, uh, our first two time guest on the After Chat. However, after <clears throat> recording this, we That's ended incorrect. up after recording this, Hulk Hogan returned. Uh, for uh, for another interview. Uh, wait wait
2: wait a minute wait a minute let's let's be let's be truthful. It was Hollywood Hulk Hogan.
1: Yes, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Please accept my apologies. And Hollywood also Hulk-
2: to that episode by oh, the Oh well then
1: if that's if if that's the case then yeah. uh, Jim Cornette is the first uh, double guest. If Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan are two different people. They are. And Jim Cornette is the... Uh, and people are going to go, but Hulk Hogan had two and Sting had two. No, those were one interview that we split into two things. That doesn't count.
2: Oh, he broke, he broke after chat podcast Kfabe. There
1: you go. Uh, so uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was that if any of you after chatters have ever thought to yourselves, I wonder what a podcast of just Jim Cornette and Tony Schiavone would sound like. Listen to the first five to ten minutes of this interview, because it's more or less just Jim Cornette and Tony Schiavone. As soon as uh, Jim Cornette came on the line, the two of them were off and running. And, Bill, I, we, it, it, was, it was relatively difficult to get a word in, uh, but it was so entertaining that I just sat back and enjoyed, and so did you. As
2: did I. So right now, let's go to the Schiavone Cornette chat
4: by the way tony we haven't spoken yep. in, in so long you, you know i was sold this bill of goods no I'm, I'm 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 i kid but i was sold this at first that i was being reunited with you on commentary and then after i said yes they told me for one match right just so you know
0: well you know just one time is all we need jim That's <laughs> all we need. Tony, I'm looking
4: forward to it because this after 28 years, I can cross this off the bucket list. I got Jr. two years ago. One more time, let me rephrase that. I announced with Jr. <laughs> two years ago. One more time. Now you and all I'll need is David and i and 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 uh, I did something with Bob Caudle in Charlotte a couple of
0: years ago, so that counts. Oh, that's great. That's great. That that's tremendous, Jim. It's been. Uh, did you and I ever work together? Maybe once or twice back in the day. I, well, I think well now wait a minute. Now, seriously, seriously, Now you're big dogging me already.
5: All <laughs>
4: those, all those wonderful Saturday mornings we spent together. Because I was like the third <laughs> member of the commentary team on the at, at Techwood, on the TVS shows. Yeah. Every every yeah. time I the Midnight had a match, I was over there with you. But no, actually, remember the first time I ever did color. Was with you and David? Remember leading up to the summer of the '86 bashes. I was in all those. We're bashes.
2: talking about David Crockett, by the way. Correct? Just for yes, everyone David here. Yes, David Crockett. I'm sorry. Well, he's a okay, household
4: okay. name, so I just right. he hit
2: him. He hit him. He hit him. Tony. It's, it's yeah.
4: like Cher. It's it's like you know Elton, and it's like Fabio, and it's like David. But anyway, right. Um, right. it, leading up to the bashes, because I was in all those matches with Baby Doll, with the Road Warriors and Dusty and Magnum and everything, Dusty just put me out there in that ridiculous Panama hat with Bubba and had me sit in and do color for like two months with you guys to just right. make people as annoyed that. as yeah. possible. I know. And that and was, was the tough. first time I'd ever done color, and I had no idea how to do it. I was just going out to be annoying as a manager. It was
0: years later, after I stopped working with you, that I learned how to do it, so. Right. I, I knew you you had done some with JR, but I I really think that you had just kind of been just kind of setting in with us. It had never been just you and me scheduled to be the play by play or just the two announcers. Yeah,
4: no, it was it was always either the difference in TBS or syndication, or then right then later on you right. went to the promised land for a year while I was in exile in WCW and wasn't on the TV much. Right. And then
0: when you came yeah. back, I was on the TV less. <laughs> Oh, well, you're welcome. It wasn't your fault, uh, though. Okay. Well, that's one thing that hasn't been blamed on me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, Everything no. else has. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to this, Jim, because nothing else just to be able to hang out with you in the back and be able to talk and reconnect and see how things are going on with you in your life. But uh, I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about seeing you again. And, of course, uh, I'm really excited about being able to call one of Cody's matches. That's, that's going to be sensational. Well,
4: you know, and that's the thing. I saw the first uh, of the first match from All In, and they had a, a psychologically and athletically, and et cetera, they had a good old-fashioned, to me, and that's not a dirty word, NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. And now with this being two out of three falls, which was, of course, Dusty loved those. Um, right. You know, we, we've seen and been in a bunch of them and called a bunch of them between us, um... You know, I think it's going to be a great opportunity to call a great wrestling match. And I've figured out now that, 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 Tony, doing this with you, I will have been on or announced an NWA telecast in four different decades.
0: Wow! Holy smokes.
4: I am really That's-
0: old. <laughs> yes, you are. But, you know, I, uh, I, I was just thinking when you were talking about uh, old-fashioned uh, not being a dirty word, Jim, Jim, as you know, you know I, I'm I'm working for uh, MLW Major League Wrestling. Uh, pro wrestling has, has has changed a great deal from back in the day that you and I were talking about back in the 80s. Sometimes I think it's for the best, and sometimes I'm not so sure because of it because of just all the crazy high spots they do and all the gimmicks they use and the tables and the chairs and just crazy stuff. A lot of times it's just about the high spot and it's not about telling the story. Uh, but I'm really excited that uh, a two out of three falls will be able to tell a story. Well, that the I've watched the Ten Pounds of Gold
4: series that uh, Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan have been doing for the over the NWA championship. Oh, they're so good to build. Uh, you know, Cody and and Nick Aldis, who both are. I I look at those programs, and I had to be a fan because they're doing what I've said people ought to be doing. They're they're taking two. Uh, guys that look and act and carry themselves as and perform as professional athletes they're given the reasons why that each one of them their individual reasons for wanting to attain this championship and they're highlighting the prestige that it has and again in modern times but has had in the past and why people should want it and i think they've done a great job and and you know, I'm, I'm with you with the crazy stuff, but now I figure it, it, the t- high spots doesn't even make me mad anymore. It's their bodies. I'm not going to be in the iron lung, as Jay Strongbow would say. But <laughs> yeah. uh, it, but now I just want all of the. I, I I did ask and and received assurance that with this NWA 70th anniversary event, there will be the Invisible Man will not be on the card. It's it's <laughs> oh, going to be a wrestling <laughs> event, and we're going to be proud of it. We're going to have a fun time. It's actually here's some more statistics for you. I spent right. every Saturday night of my life in the Fairgrounds <laughs> Wrestling Arena when I first got into business 36 years ago. Um, not only that, but I was working then for Jeff Jarrett's father, who's ha- Jeff's handling the, the local promotion, so we're going to be sold out. And I was working for his father 36 years ago, and 42 years ago, when I got in the business uh, the first time as a photographer, I was working for Jeff's grandmother
0: and first visited that building.
4: Uh, I, I go way back with
0: decades, this stuff. Quite a history.
2: Yeah. Nope. So does yeah, this... The first, only four
0: decades of announcing, but you've got uh, three decades of Jarrett's, or three generations which, of Jarrett's you've worked w- with. When, yeah.
4: when was the first NWA World Championship match you saw in, in, in your, your home state of Virginia?
0: Okay, I saw the first one was in 1978, Harley raced against Dick Murdoch. At the Greensboro Coliseum. It's the first time I saw. A, as a matter of fact, I may
4: have, that may be one of the, the matches on the uh, lost Mid-Atlantic Classics that I sell at jimcornett.com, but I, we, nevertheless, we won't talk about that
2: now. <laughs> My first one was Abraham Lincoln versus, I forgot who the opponent was.
4: No, Bill, you, you were you were there you were there when Strangler Lewis shook first shook hands with Mond. You oh. have been from one to the other. I
2: actually thought it was Jerry Lewis, but go on. But
4: I I think I beat you by four years. I saw Lawler versus Jack Briscoe in nineteen
1: seventy four. So I have a question for oh. both for both oh. of you guys. Did you ever think that the NWA championship could come back to the prestige that it, it currently has in the business right now and the, all the excitement behind it. Did you think that maybe those days were done that it was a dead brand? And are you surprised that it's been able to have this resurgence? Well, who's, who's nothing surprises me
0: in pro wrestling. I, I, I'll take this. Uh, nothing surprises me in pro wrestling now, and time heals all as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I'm shocked because I thought once uh, once it was sold, uh, to Turner Broadcasting, and they went WCW, and they did all, the, all that they could to screw up wrestling. Uh, I, I thought that, uh, that the NWA was completely dead. And then, of course, when Vince took over everything, I thought there's no chance in the world that we'll ever see the old NWA sure. uh, title and the old title belt. But I'm, I'm just absolutely shocked it's back and, and, and so uh, appreciative of it because that's what I grew up on.
2: And there's a possibility with now them getting Madison Square Garden, Ring of Honor in New Japan, that whoever the NWA champion is at that point, whether it be Cody or Nick Aldis or someone else, that this could be the first National Wrestling Alliance heavyweight championship match at Madison Square Garden in New York in, this would have to be almost pre-Vin Senior days.
4: Yeah, it, well, and, and actually, I don't even think they defended the NWA title back in the 50s at the Garden Bill because they didn't recognize, remember, at, at for a long time, they didn't recognize champions because of the New York State Athletic Commission.
2: Yeah, but, no, but I do here, remember here's that.
4: The, here's the bigger point. The NWA in the 90s and 2000s, even, you know, Howard Brody and Dennis Corluzo did a great job in the 90s. They took it when there were six members and two were inactive, and... And within a couple of years, and we'd got, you know, recognition on, on Raw, and, and they had almost 30 member promoters, but it was a horrible time business wise for independent wrestling. And it became that th- these small promotions were trying to join the NWA to be big, instead of really what made the NWA was from the inception of the, of the organization, the promoters in it were already big. They were the territory owners. They were the biggest promoters in the business, except for Vince and Vern. And so now I think that I got to say, you know, answering the question a different way, I didn't think it was going to come back like this, but what uh, Corgan's done now is they're putting emphasis on the NWA title itself. And they've, uh, they've put it on athletes so far that have been able to carry the thing and carry themselves as professionals. And now the NWA champion is once again defending on big promotion events, Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. New Japan, that didn't need to join the NWA to get big. But now at the same time, they they have access. That's a touring NWA champion. That's right. what it was yeah. in the old days, you know, to the different promotions.
2: The, um, uh, the NWA title now, of course, held by Cody Rhodes. I mean, we just, uh, after he won the title, I saw him... Backstage, and just I got goosebumps because, of course, uh, he's carrying on the tradition not only of the title, but of his father, who you both were very close with.
4: Oh yeah, T- Tony. Well, you you saw Dusty come in because you were you were already
0: doing promos for Crockett when Dusty came in full time, right? I was just about the same time. Yeah, Dusty. Uh, the, the the first event that I that I went to, Jim, was Starkade '83.
4: Oh, there you go. Uh, and
0: they, yeah. And that was just about the time, uh, that, that Dusty started. I, I think if I'm right, you guys may know K 83 was kind of like the test run for Dusty to come in as a booker for Jimmy. Yeah. And then I started, right. doing, I started doing promos around that time. So, yeah. And then of course, throughout the years, you know, I, uh, working in the, in the front office, I ended up, you know, riding from town to town, uh, with Dusty, uh, in the, back in the, 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 the era, like to Spartanburg and some other places. And I, Jim, I rode with you some places as well. Uh, but I got to know Dusty on a personal level and got to be very good friends with him and Michelle and, and the family. And that's what's so big for, for me. And I was not able to do all in because I had a football game. But uh, this is going to be the weekend where we don't have a football game. We have a bye week. And so I can do it. And so I finally get to do uh, a, a match for, for Cody. I know Nick, too, very well. But I can finally get to do a, a match with Co- for Cody and be a part of that, and uh, it, it means a lot to me uh, to be able well, to hey, say also, that I. Well, hey, also you that.
4: see, you as an announcer, you were neutral, so you could ride with the heels like us, or you could ride with the the office big dogs, and and you know, and suck up in the cup But right. uh, I'm jealous of you because riding, in, I, I never got to ride in a car with Dusty. That would have been we got to ride on the plane with him with 16 people, but a yeah. car ride with Dusty had to be fucking hilarious and in, informative on a number of levels. when he would come in when he would come in the interview days and you'd been standing there you know for six hours holding that microphone but they dusty didn't have to hang out with us he was in his office being the dream and doing the you know genius dream business but when they would call him in for an important town like philly or charlotte or whatever and he come in it was like a force of nature and everybody pricked up because they wanted to hear what you know the dream promo was going to be it was just he was he was different
1: Tony,
2: at one point, yeah, was- you walked away from the business, and you said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not coming back anymore. And i got to tell you how thrilled I was to see you a few years ago at one of the uh, wrestling conventions. And little by little, you came back. So, you know, we always ask the wrestlers, I thought you retired. I thought you weren't coming back. What precipitated your comeback to the business?
0: Well, it started with uh, with, with Conrad Thompson getting in touch in touch with me about doing – a podcast again, and uh, the podcast helped me pay for my daughter's wedding, right. uh, and then, then Court Bauer got in touch with me about doing MLW, and I originally uh, didn't want to do it, uh, but then when I started doing it again, you know, I, you you go to these events, and everybody has a great appreciation for what we did in the past, and I'm talking about Jim back when we were doing TBS back in the 80s, oh, yeah. that still resonates for these kids, you know, yeah. and been through the nineties and everything. And so they have a, a profound respect for old school stuff. And I got to thinking, you know, if I can help them by whatever, by whatever means to help them enhance their career, put their career over, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I decided to do that and I'm just having a blast by doing it. And again, it's like, it goes back to what I was saying. Time heals all, you know, I thought that I could walk away from wrestling and not get back into it but give you a perfect example i'm i'm not that active on twitter but i do have a twitter account and back uh, years ago when i would be on twitter and uh, tweet something about the braves or tweet something about the georgia bulldogs nobody on twitter wanted to hear what i had to say about baseball or football that's right but they wanted to hear (laughs) what i had to say about wrestling yeah so uh so it's kind of like well here yeah i'm back so there you go
2: did you follow it uh through the years that you were inactive
0: no, I did not, not at all. I uh I did not watch when I when when Raw was over or when Raw took over uh on that, that uh in that March of two thousand one, the first wrestling show that I watched after that was Royal Rumble twenty seventeen. Really? Oh, wow. um, I'm so jealous I, 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 Yeah, I just, I just We I all just are it. I just did, yeah. We all are. You
4: well you 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 missed a little good stuff in there, but you 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 missed a lot of stuff that gave me
0: headaches.
6: <laughs> and
0: switches and night sweats. So we're. Well, I'm watching a lot of that stuff now. I'm 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 rewatching a lot of that stuff now, getting uh getting to accustomed to some of the stuff and it's it's some of it's pretty good, some of it's bizarre.
1: So you know, we're we kind of live in a time now where people are very nostalgic. There's a lot of television shows are rebooted and a lot of, you know, remakes of movies and everybody kind of, you know, is, is running high off in nostalgia from the eighties and the nineties. Um, now, obviously you've kind of you know, alluded to the, you know, what you're doing now and everything. Do you think that that's kind of what's bringing, what, what brought you back as far as the fans that maybe because you were gone and Tony, I guess this question's mainly for you, but because you were gone for so long from the business that people are they, they're they just so excited to kind of hear because you were the voice of the NWA of WCW for so many people. Do you think that the fact that you were gone for so long has really benefited in people wanting to hear you?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's helped me out. I mean, you know, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder type right. thing. Exactly. And I think. By the time we were done, I was so overexposed. I mean, I called everything for WC.
2: You did, yeah.
0: And I think it, I think it hurt me. And I also think that my, my commentary and my work at the end of it really sucked. So I, I really think that I was not good, and I think I was overexposed, and I think they had seen enough of me, and I think it was good. I took the time off. But you're right about nostalgia. Uh, kids who grew up in the 80s and the 90s now they're big into nostalgia. So this is the perfect time for me. Mm-hmm. to uh to get back into it because uh i mean we uh the, the response that i've received has it really has been overwhelming when i thought that i left that you know they don't want my ass anymore i'm done they don't <laughs> want to hear me or see me anymore and now i'm back and i'm enjoying it and i and i did say two things were uh were uh, responsible getting me back i wanted to be able to reconnect with jim cornett uh, that was number one. Number <laughs> oh, two, I, the kind. I, you
2: told me it was me yeah. when I, I saw you three years ago. Well, Come on.
0: Would you hang, the joke is not finished yet, Bill. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. And the second thing, I, I, I got to see Bill after, uh His son, Brandon, had worked for us for the baseball team in Gwinnett, the Braves Triple right. A team. And Bill came to see us, and I looked at him, and I was like, Oh, my God, he looked like he just got out of a nursing home. I better reconnect <laughs> with these people before he dies. Those were the two things that got me back. He
2: kicked my walker out from underneath no, me. And,
0: and Tony, Tony,
4: you must admit, not only does time heal all wounds, but also uh, nostalgia covers up a lot of warts, because we, we tend to <laughs> get credit for the, the majority of the good st- We did more of the good stuff and less of the bad stuff, but we still did some bad stuff. But oh, it, we did we more did. of the good stuff. So it, we get now we get the pass because the people are just happy to see we're yeah, still the, breathing.
1: There's rose-colored glasses yeah. with all yes, with everything. Yes. Yeah.
4: So, yeah, it's like, look, he's and, alive. So see, he, I never looked very good when I was young, <laughs> but now that I haven't changed much, I,
1: it's like grading on the curve and the people go, oh, you look great. It's interesting you say that because I think that's another thing for in, – in a business like this where there's a relatively short shelf life for wrestlers – You've got uh, be it commentary or managing. I think people kind of look at you guys in almost an ageless way of just like, oh, why won't they come back? You know, you can look at a, a guy who's, you know, 60 years old, who was a wrestler and say, OK, well, he can't come back because he's 60. It's, you know, it's it's time. His body can't do it. But I think or, now or people, it's Jerry Lawler. Or it's Jerry Lawler who's, <laughs> who can still just keep going forever. Um, but no, but I think that a lot of people are seeing that. With with both of you because the the personalities that you had, there really was no time limit in, in fans' minds.
4: Yeah, and see and and unlike Tony, I still look pretty good and, and like you know, <laughs> like a human should that that, you know, recently, you know, has been living instead of ready to be laid out and have words spoken over him like poor Tony till he goes under makeup. But
0: um. that's yeah Well that's what happens when you've been married thirty seven years with the same woman. This
2: this is why you gotta see the NWA seventieth anniversary show to see what they look like back in the in the day we'll call it Tony Schiavone you stood there with the microphone Jim Cornette you came out with the Midnight Express yelling and screaming today somebody's standing there with the microphone and the guy or the team coming out there has a list of words that they're supposed to go and do back in those days it was give me Three and a half, four minutes. Tell us about, Tony, have you seen this, and Jim, have you seen this, that the wrestlers today are more accustomed to almost being scripted?
0: Well, of course they're accustomed to it, but they're not not doing a good job of it. Uh, And look, to me, that was the magic of what we did. It wasn't the wrestling matches because they were enhancement matches. It was the time that that Jim would come up on the set with me and David and bring, uh, you know, beautiful Bobby and, and sweet Stan or lover boy Dennis up and talk, and talk for, they, 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 wouldn't, they wouldn't really say, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, back then, back in the TBS days, they wouldn't say, go out and give me three or more minutes. They would let you go out and talk until Dusty thought they should wrap you up.
6: Right.
4: Yeah, well, uh, you, and, you, you had an alleged time, but if you were going good, you wouldn't get the rap and if you were dying, right. you'd get the rap early. Right, yeah.
0: Right, right. That was the magic of what we did back then. It really was. It was taking the talent that you had and making it work, and people wanted to see that and watched it for the interviews. That's why Tony, you watch I got, TBS. I got
4: one for you. We just talked about this just, and played this on my podcast, the highly rated Jim Cornette experience that airs this week, uh, this coming Thursday. Um, if somebody sent yesterday, me an email yesterday. link to, uh, uh, well, there you go. Uh, yesterday in the Time Warp, but sent me an email link to one of our local promos we did at the office on Wednesdays in Roanoke. It was 1986, and I remembered it as soon as I listened, as soon as I saw it, rather, because that was when we had gotten a complaint from Roanoke Lynchburg, from Falwell, the Moral Majority, whatever it was, the, the forces up there that say we were we were being too violent in our descriptions and threats, On the on the promos, right? And and with 20 seconds notice, I did three minutes on. I'd like to tell you what we're gonna do, what Big Bubba's gonna do, and the Midnight's gonna do. But some (laughs) small-minded people want to dictate what we can hear and what we. So we're gonna slap them on the wrist. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk mean to them. I can't get more descriptive than that. And we did three minutes on not being able to be violent.
0: See, that, and you that, were getting,
4: and, and Jackie Crockett is back there doing that.
0: hee hee. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know.
2: Were there ever times that you did okay. interviews, interviews uh, with uh, Jimmy that he'd say something so outrageous you had to hold yourself back from just breaking up?
0: No, I, I think it's it's pretty. Uh, you know, I was always, and and Dusty always kind of taught me this, uh, and and I knew that. You know, when I would hold the microphone for Jim, and the Midnight Express was around. You know, Bobby used to screw around with me all the time put his arm around me or say something even he would even talk to me as jim is talking so i would always try to get myself out of the camera shot i would try to get maybe (laughs) behind dennis or behind bobby or out but i would be laughing i would be smiling i think there's a picture in jim's book of me smiling at some of the stuff that jim would say if you didn't laugh you didn't have a good time with it then gosh you didn't have a pulse right uh, well, and and, and besides
4: uh, that, in in some cases, Tony had that stone face where he would just he'd kind of smile a little bit and just shake his head like, "Oh, folks, this cornet." But I was trying <laughs> right. a lot of times. I was trying to get Bubba because Bubba was a victim. I could and he couldn't crack a smile. He was forbidden right. to show emotion. So hey, he's he's there sticking his thumbnails into
0: the side of his skin, trying to
6: <laughs>
4: right.
0: not to laugh. Right. Whenever you'd see Bubba turn his head from one side to the other, you know that he was holding it in. I mean, you could yeah. tell it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, so, who would each of you say on commentary has been your favorite person to work with? Well, I can tell you, it was
0: not only Jim, it was obviously Ric Flair, and I enjoyed working with Roddy Piper a lot too. Hmm. Now, Dusty is a foregone conclusion because Dusty was so entertaining. But I, I really think that you got to kind of slide Roddy in there because I did some things that. Maybe uh, they didn't see on a national level, but back where Jim was talking about, back in the in the old Crockett garage back there, I did yeah. some wonderful things with Roddy Piper uh, for especially for the first Starcade. and those those uh, stick in my 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 mind. I remember Roddy coming in; he had just his plane had just landed, and they ran him from the Charlotte airport to the Crockett's. He came in with a Halliburton case, and he came in, and Gene Anderson said, "You're up." A- And he opened up the Halliburton case and he had a dog collar and a chain in it. He put the dog collar around on me (laughs) and pulled me back and forth by the chain and the dog collar back and forth on the set. And I'm thinking, wow, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. A guy just ran from the airport, got in here, and was able to improv like this. So I I really enjoyed working with him a lot, too. But, you know, still, those were fun. But still, you go back to the days of TBS and and you go back and you, you think about the stuff that Jim did and the stuff that, Arn did and the stuff that Flair did you're not going to get better than that and that's why those things stand the test of time
2: Arn Anderson was so intense I mean I could watch his interviews over and over again
0: right yeah and, the and, and
4: thing it, about you know it, that was Tony that was like uh, you remember on the plane I always liken it to the, the the Dick Van Dyke show where Rob Petrie has all the guests in his living room and they spread the furniture back and everybody puts on the show. That was a tough room. You had to be a good storyteller, yeah. good mm-hmm. promo, or whatever the case. But you asked Tony about who he liked working with. He mentioned the wrestlers he liked working with. I was lucky to have a string of great announcers, starting with Jim Ross and Bill Watts in Mid-South, and then later on Tony and... And even, bless him, David, but Tony and Bob Caudill, uh in, uh, you know, he got him by the honker. Um, it, Tony and Bob Caudill in Mid Atlantic, and then JR came over to, you know, TBS, and then, you know, even the, the multitude of guys I've been able to work with, Vince McMahon as an announcer, which he, in his own way, oh, he you was know, incredible. Kind of cornered the market.
2: Yeah, he was incredible. Unquestionably, oh, yeah. no, Frobuskis has been injured. <laughs> yeah.
4: So I've, you know, I've really gotten a chance, and I worked with Gordon Soley a few times, sure. and and uh, in in PBS, and and you know, so I had a string of great announcers to work with, also in in my announcing or and managing, you know, performances.
2: My favorite time, people always ask me, my favorite time in the business was the Crockett era with uh, Midnight Express, The Road Warriors, Magnum T.A. What about you two? What was what was the favorite? Time and the business for each of you?
0: Well, let me answer this first. Uh my favorite time of the business always will be when I first started, because I was a big fan and I, I'm telling you, a big fan of Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling when I was in college. I graduated from college, and two years later, here I am doing the interviews yeah, of yeah. Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling guys. It was it was the most exciting time of my life. It really, really was to be able to say that I watched flair and I watched steamboat. Uh, and now I'm interviewing him, and, you know, I had seen dusty, you know, dusty came in for some spot shows and things like that. I was just, I was just enamored by all of it. And I, it was, it's still the early eighties to me is the most exciting time that I've ever spent. And and it has to really be the early eighties all the way up until, you know, until, uh, Turner bought it. Those that time.
4: What about the, you, Tim? The, the,
0: the, the the crash as
4: they say uh, you know and actually yes. there's been so many classic time periods in wrestling uh, i of course i'm going to say the same thing only for the tennessee territory you you always love and and have affection for what you grew up and first fell in love with about wrestling but for you know the tennessee territory from from 74 to 84 was mostly fantastic but so was mid atlantic wrestling of the You know, the modern period when Valentine and Wahoo kicked it off and Flair came in, the late 70s. Mid-South wrestling had an incredible run uh-huh. the late 70s and through the mid-80s. Um, Indianapolis in, you know, in the early 70s. Uh, it, there were a lot of great times. Picking one is difficult except going, you know, with the hometown promotion, the the stuff that I right. first became a fan of and and, and first got involved in, Memphis.
2: Tony, a lot of people still ask me to this day, they say, you know what, I know how to go to a school to become a wrestler. I know how to go to do, you know, something else in wrestling. But I still get that question, I want to be a wrestling play-by-play guy or I want to be a wrestling uh, uh, announcer. And, you know, I answer them that, you know, go to a local promotion, see if they can work their way into an indie group. To do that, but what what kind of advice do you give people when they ask you how can I do what you used to do when you're doing again?
0: Well, I tell them to stay out of it and get a life. Yeah, <laughs> seek help. Seek help. Okay. Uh, there, there, there is, there is no, there is no. I was the Crockett's baseball announcer. Yeah. And they just happened to need somebody. There was no. I had no plan to become a wrestling announcer. I wanted to be an announcer. And it just so happened that I got my second job I got in baseball was with the Rockets, and, and I remember being a big fan. I remember telling Francis, you know, I can do this. Let me do it. And they let me do it. And then, of course, it escalated into a full-time career. Escalated. I don't know if that's the proper term. It is. But that, there's no really way to say this is what you got to do. The best thing to do is try with a local promoter, see what you can do, and see if, you, you know, if, if that's right for you. But I can tell you this if you want to be a if you want to be a good one you need to be uh, you need to realize that and I always thought this you are not the star you're not you're the you're the microphone holder and you're putting over guys making them stars if you got that in your mind you may be a pretty good one Gentlemen I've got to run I've got a I'm at the radio station and I got a hit I got to well, do
2: Well thank you so much for you, doing this You have got
0: you've got people chasing you
2: He does he does <laughs> yeah, that, It's the law that's right. It's a little, but Tony, before you go, uh, talk about your podcast,
0: please. Okay, it's called uh, What Happened When, WHW Monday. It's on the MLW Radio Network, and it's also, we have a a Patreon site, and it's me and Conrad Thompson that drops every Wednesday at 6 a.m., and if you're on Patreon, it drops on Monday. And we do videos on Patreon, but we talk, basically we What we're starting to, what we found out, our niche is. uh, We invite you to go to the uh, WWE Network and put up an old show, and watch along with us. And it's kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 for wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So that's kind of what we do. And uh, so I appreciate that. And Jimmy, I I can't wait to see you, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'll see you in Nashville on the 21st. You got it, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thank
1: Thank you, you, Tony. Tony.
2: And, Jimmy, don't hang up. We've got a question. I no, a I would never answer. hang
1: up on you, Bill, Well, I hope no, so. I know we're we bidding adieu now. to Mr. Schiavone. We are. Yeah, he's, go- he's off now.
2: So now we're going to go old school well, well, wrestling. Well, I
1: thought he'd never leave. <laughs> uh,
2: me either. Now we can talk about him. Old school wrestling. Jim <laughs> I, I thought we were
1: going old school after chat because no, Jim we're, Cornette's a previous we're doing guest that, on that's the that's show. Right. So that's right. But you're here. our first, our first uh, two-time... Two-time uh, guest, on two the time. chat, yeah, two-time. Well, I hate to toot my own horn, but toot,
4: toot. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I bring the ratings, guys. What can I say? You do. Uh, you yeah, definitely have that talent. You
2: and that guy, what was his name? Kenny uh Bolin. He had some, Bowlin, he had some
4: things name? to say. Oh, uh, the, the, the Bowling Alley. <laughs> the yeah. Bolin Alley. I know. We're just... <laughs> we just. We can only hope to aspire one day to the heights of podcasting them that the Bolin Alley uh, <laughs> received.
2: So we're going to go back to an old school thing here. I'm going to do this like in. In the old, and I love how people today say in kayfabe style. But and I know you have to be an impartial broadcaster. But you have Cody Rhodes defending the National Wrestling Alliance Heavyweight Championship at the NWA 70th. You'll be one of the broadcasters against Nick Aldis, and I'd like to know who you pick to win this match.
4: Well, I got to be honest with you. I, I I I can see where Cody is definitely going to be as the The good guy, as they say, the hometown hero, because he's right up the road from from Georgia. And, of course, Nick's from the U.K., and he's one of those foreign snobby menaces. Uh, So I think the people would love to see Cody win and and retain and beat him the second time. But you've also got a situation where, you know, people know the title doesn't change hands just willy-nilly. But... Since there was such such tremendous interest in the first match and such tremendous interest now in the rematch, eh, putting my promoter's cap on, it might only make sense if there was a a different victor in this one so that they could go to a rubber match at a suitable location in the future such as at a Madison Square Garden. You never know. So I don't I don't want to publicly predict because I don't know what behind the scenes manipulations are going on.
2: I was doing total old school kayfabe, asking you like a Sports Illustrated broadcaster would ask someone to pick a winner in a boxing match.
4: And what I gave you was a, a, a well thought out <laughs> <Thank you>. business
2: <laughs> analysis. <laughs>
4: But also, you know, hey, once again, Aldous is bigger. He's stronger. He proved I go, think, that he was bigger and stronger when he pretty much manhandled Cody at all in. So unless Cody has another Hail Mary, like that top spread out of the sunset flip that he won the thing with, chances are that Aldous may overpower him, steamroller him. You could look at it that way, too.
1: You mentioned kayfabe, and I have a question for you. So a few weeks ago, Bill and I had a debate on the show. Yes. Um... I referred to Pro Wrestling Illustrated and all of those magazines that everyone has uh, affectionately referred to as the Apter mags, the fan mags. Yes, I, I have, You're the only one who called them the fan mags. I think everyone else calls them the Apter mags. Okay. But Bill just, Bill just wants to be humble about it. But we, I referred to them as Fabe magazines, and Bill disagreed with that and totally. felt that, that was not the proper use of the term. So I wanted to get your opinion. Would you have referred to those magazines as K-Fabe magazines?
6: Well,
4: no, they they were they were wrestling magazines uh for fans of wrestling that did not break k and destroy the illusions created by the promotions therein, but to be actual K-Fabe magazines, they'd have to be f- Fake things masquerading as magazines. They were <laughs> real magazines. Right.
2: That's the point I was trying to drive to Josh, was that the word kayfabe. Like today, the younger people today, they say, oh, Bill, you worked for the kayfabe magazines. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I worked for the wrestling magazines.
4: Yeah, a kayfabe magazine would either be a magazine that was keeping itself secret from the world, or it would be a phony magazine that wasn't really a magazine but was masquerading as a magazine.
2: All right. Now, I have one other question, and thank you for clearing yeah, I, that Yeah, I'm going to have to—
1: I'm ex- You acquiesced to— uh, I, have, I lost this debate. All right, no, I you, think you, that's you, official. You
2: definitely—Jim, before we let yeah. you go, um, your book is still available?
1: Everything
4: I've ever done is still available. I know no, that. I, I know that. I tell that. A lie, the Midnight Express book is out of print and a collector's item, but if you go to jimcornett.com, you can get the full line of Cornett's collectibles merchandise, including my DVDs. Straight shooting series interviews with all the wrestling legends, classic wrestling, wrestling gold, a 10-hour 10, 10 classic wrestling set for only 10 bucks. Uh, books and T-shirts and so much more. Listen to the Jim Cornette experience every Thursday. Listen to Corny's drive Through every Monday where I answer viewer mail. Um, see me on Fight TV on October 21st. I'll be uh, appearing also at the Louisville Supercon in November. I'll be at Fort Wayne's Heroes and Legends in October. And then I'll be uh, at the Midnight Express 35th anniversary in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, on December 8th and 9th at the Nashville Comic Con. And then I'll be hibernating for the winter.
2: <laughs> yes, as you always do. Jimmy, thank you so very much for, uh, for doing this again. And this was our first uh, try at a tandem interview and I want to do a lot more of these. This is excellent. And thank you so much for being part of yes, this. Yes, it was a, a menage
4: you. a quattro there. Oh, I like
2: I like that. That's a that's a good word. Uh, that's a good word. Thank you,
4: wonderful Willie. Any and time I love you and you. I will see you soon.
2: Likewise, you know uh, that.
1: Thanks. And send my love to your lovely wife. Yeah, I will. Bye bye. Well, that was a great interview with Tony Schiavone and Jim Cornette. It was a shame that Tony had to leave so soon. He is a very busy man, uh, but we will certainly have him back again. Uh, And I have a sneaking suspicion we will bring Jim Cornette back again as well, even though he sided with you and I have officially (laughs) lost. uh, and, And in fact, the magazines, I concede, were not kayfabe magazines. No, they were they're magazines fan magazines. They're fan magazines.
2: Fan magazines. Um,
1: and, but I think we can all agree that they were the after mags, right?
2: Um, no, they were the Stanley Hunt... Weston London Publishing mags.
1: There you go. I knew I'd get you on that one. Uh, all right, but moving on, we have a segment, uh, a new segment that debuted last week that we are going to bring back. Uh, got great reviews, and we're going to bring back This week, and this segment called The After Chat Classics, is brought to you by Smart Hold, Message on Hold.
2: Josh, when I called you before, Mm -hmm. before we were going to tape, I was delighted when you said, hold on, there was entertainment, there was a message, I didn't have dead air, so where did... Where did you, how did you do that?
1: Well, I, you know, as you know, I have an office here. I have a studio here where we do the after chat. And uh, I thought to myself, you know what? We put people on hold sometimes. I gotta get Smart Hold. And that's what I did. So what is Smart Hold? Smart Hold is a message on hold service for only $35 per month. That's right. That's it. Only $35 per month. Plus, and this was something that I loved about it, no contracts. Because I wanted to know that if if, if I wasn't going to like this, I wasn't going to be locked in. Guess what? Contract or no contract, I love it. Because what it does is it gives you and your business something to entertain your clients with. So when somebody calls... Uh, you know, you can have anything. You can have a radio station playing or, or CDs, or which are illegal, by the way. Maybe you have some really bad music that came with the phone, or even worse, you have silence, which with today's cell phones, placing a caller on hold to silence is is pretty much a way to guarantee they're going to hang up the phone because they're going to think maybe they were disconnected. Can you afford to lose that call, Bill? No, absolutely not. I know I couldn't, and that's why with Smart Hold. They make your caller's hold time enjoyable and informative while making the caller's hold time feel shorter. Another great thing about Smart Hold is that it makes you sound more professional. With Smart Hold, you get pro voice talent, both male and female, unlimited message changes, professional script writers, broadcast quality audio, fresh background music, music licensing fees, and even a Smart Hold player should you need one at no charge. Now, This a lot of people, Bill, don't realize that like when you have somebody on hold, they are a captive audience. And what you want to do with that captive audience is you want to entertain them. You want to inform them about your product. Whatever it is, you don't want them to hang up. And that's why you need Smart Hold. All of this is only $35 per month per location served. And again, no contracts. So, Go to www.smart-hold.com and order today. That's www.smart-hold.com. Be smart. Get Smart Hold.
2: You know what? What? I think this would be a great idea. And I know Mac is listening. Uh, January, hey, Mac. Uh, this January, um, Rage in the Cage. It's going to be his, uh, the final showdown. Uh, at the Mathis Auditorium uh, in Georgia, in Valdosta, Georgia. It'll be Mac against uh, Paradise. And can you imagine you put a caller on hold and there's Mac or Paradise doing a promo Ooh. that you can hear? Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, if I'm a wrestler and I get, or a sports entertainer and I get calls, wouldn't it be great to hear, you know, Rage in the Cage is coming up, brothers.
1: Yeah, is Hogan doing this?
2: Well, not that wasn't the Hogan voice, but you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, um, Smart Hold, get it. If you're a wrestler, I think this is a, a a great promotional tool for yourself.
1: Yes, and Smart Hold, as we mentioned before, is the sponsor of the After Chat Classics. So Bill, so what, what the we After Chat,
2: well, the After Chat Classic this week is very interesting because back in the '70s, uh, one of the feuds that I followed and wrote about in the magazines and shot pictures of were the classic matches between the Briscoe brothers, Jack and Jerry, against the Funks, Dory and Terry. And Dory Sr. got involved with a lot of these too. But the one-on-one matches between world champion, National Wrestling Alliance world champion, Dory Funk Jr., And Jack Briscoe were some of the most fabulous wrestling matches I've ever seen. Uh, I even saw a 90-minute draw between the two of them at the Miami uh, Marine Stadium. I never forgot that match. So for the After Chat Classic, on this particular episode of the After Chat podcast, I spoke with Jack Briscoe, and this was before he won the NWA title from Terry Funk. I talked about all the problems he was having getting another match with Dory Fung Jr. to try and wrestle the World Heavyweight Championship from him. So let's take a listen to this short interview right now with an amazing World Heavyweight Champion representing the NWA, Jack Briscoe. Okay, what's going on now with uh, the Funks and the Briscoes? That seems to be making news even on the East Coast.
5: Well, I've been trying to get a uh, match with him, with Dory Funk Jr., and uh, I wrestled him on a couple occasions to a draw, and uh, his father thinks that I've had enough matches with him already, and uh, they don't feel that I should have any more, so... uh, dory funk senior and also the younger brother terry has been trying to come down here and try to uh, defeat me in order to keep me away from uh, dory funk jr
2: do you feel you have to go through them to get at dory now that he's well, avoiding
5: a match that's uh, certainly true because his father uh, has told dory jr that he can't have any more title matches uh, with me until i prove myself to either terry or uh, dory senior so if this is the way i'm gonna have to go through it to get to dory jr then um, perfectly willing to do so.
2: Okay, now there was something we had heard about that Jack Briscoe wrestled Dory Fung Jr. in a non-title match due to something Tarzan Tyler did, and you beat Dory Fung Jr. in about 20 minutes. Could you explain how this came about, why it wasn't a title
5: match, etc.? Well, the reason it wasn't a title match is because he was scheduled to wrestle Tarzan Tyler for the the championship that night. When Tyler got hurt in an earlier match, and uh, promoter Eddie Graham asked me if I would be interested in... uh, taking Tyler's place in the match, but it wouldn't be a title match because I hadn't signed the contract for it. So I agreed to this and uh, was able to, to uh, defeat Frank.
2: What you don't know, by the way, Jack Briscoe is one of the classiest wrestlers in the, in the world. What you don't know is that he was one of the people responsible for me getting my steady job At the magazines back in the 70s. Really? Mr. Weston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Weston told me he had heard that Eddie Graham, who was the promoter in Florida, was bringing Jack Briscoe to Madison Square Garden. And he said, You know what? I'm glad you're working for me part time, but if you go to the garden and you can get an interview with Briscoe, you're in. And I went to the garden. I got backstage. I talked to Eddie Graham. He brought Jack over. I said, I need 10 minutes for an audio interview for the MacBook. Uh, for the magazine, and Jack said, I'll give you as much time as you want. And uh, the story was called, it was my first story in the magazine called Jack Briscoe Tells It Like It Is. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's no longer with us. I talk to his brother, Jerry, still all the time. And uh, man, I loved Jack Briscoe. He was a champion of champions.
1: Yeah, I unfortunately never had an opportunity to meet him. Uh, I did get the opportunity to meet Jerry at, at StarCast, uh, and that was, that was an honor. Um, but, yeah, I, I've, I've never heard a bad thing about Jack Briscoe, um, and I've always heard that he was a, a real wrestler's wrestler. Just a, It was really great to be able to listen to uh, one of those old uh, after-chat classics.
2: All right, thank you. Well, Josh, um, next week... On the After Chat podcast, mm. we are going to be discussing the very first women's pay-per-view as promoted by the WWE. Yes. And it will be on their network.
1: And it is called Evolution.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Evolution was Randy Orton? Yeah. Triple H? Rick I, I got to tell you.
1: That was a weird see- thing watching on on SmackDown <laughs> 1000. I thought Ev- so too. Evolution's in the ring, and you can see on the screen behind them the promo for Evolution for the yeah, maybe, really. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, did nobody think this through? That like we're we're kind of using the same thing. You maybe, know, maybe
2: maybe they should have called it evelyn Evolution.
1: I would have called it. I mean, I would have gone with like. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I would have called it uh, like revolution or something, you know, because yeah, like, they keep We're calling it the this female revolution. revolution. And I don't know, but uh, whatever. So
2: we'll talk about that. We'll wrap up uh, some of the week's news, as we always do. Yeah, there'll be a lot of uh, controversy. Another classic interview. Yeah, like you never said,
1: you never know who's going to stop by.
2: Yeah. So for Josh Chernoff. Where can they find you on social media?
1: Oh, please find me on Twitter at So Says Chernoff. You can even go to my Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash So Says uh, But yeah, I, I, I love interacting with you guys and girls, and I love Thank to you. to hear what uh, what you have to say about the after chat and everything that I have to ramble on about.
2: Bill, where and can they find you? by the way, you? by the way, while we are rambling. I- Flip Gordon. Yeah. Is he going to be on the after chat? I'm going
1: to call our social media gurus, and I'm going to ask them to put that poll up there uh, to have it up Friday when this airs. So if you're listening to this, it's up there. So
2: yeah. So when this hits the pod waves, so, again, there was that big issue issue whether uh, uh, Flip Gordon would be all in or not. Now we need to know should he be all in on the after chat. You can find me. At After One Wrestling on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook with the name Bill BillAmter, or you can email me at BAfter at One And this is year three that my book is Wrestling Fixed.
1: I didn't know it was broken.
2: has been published. And uh, uh, if you'd like a copy of the book, go to Amazon.com, go to com. Uh, To any bookstore or any book dealer online, and if you'd like it signed and you're not coming to one of my appearances, all you have to do is send me an email at beafterwrestling.com with a photo of you with the book, and I will send you an autographed personalized sticker. Some people have had me do this already, so you can have your copy completely personalized.
1: And and by the way, before we let you go, uh, something else is going to be happening in just a few days. Uh, someone's going to be celebrating a birthday, so I think uh, after chatters, I would like you all to send your best birthday wishes. Is
2: that on October twenty second. I'm trying to. Oh, Pedro Morales, right? That's Pedro's birthday.
1: Wow. You know, know what? I'm I'm going to take any ta- <laughs> kind
2: of birthday, baby.
1: No, it is our very own Bill After. We'll be well, having his br- well. It's also Pedro. You know what? Yeah. Send Pedro Morales your happy birthday wishes as well. Uh, but Bill, I, here I was trying to get the After Chatters to wish you a happy birthday. So that hit, so Bill's birthday is on uh, Monday, the twenty second of October. So we encourage you to send Bill not a happy birthday tweet, but a happy birthday video tweet. We would love to see how many of you after chatters will send Bill a birthday tweet of you singing "Happy Birthday." And you know what, Bill
2: we will use that on the After Chat video channel.
1: Yes, use how about it on that? there. We will uh, we'll retweet it. Uh, but most importantly, Bill, uh, happy happy early birthday, and uh, many many many. Well, Josh,
2: more. Josh, uh, several people are taking me out for my birthday. Uh, On that Monday night. Do you know the town of uh, Abington, Pennsylvania?
1: I am familiar with that town.
2: Somewhere between 6.30 and 7 o'clock, I'm being told that I'm being taken to my favorite lasagna joint. It's a pizza place, too, called Roman Delight. Mm. Don't tell anybody. but I will probably be there around 7 o'clock if anyone wants to drop by with any dark chocolate. You know what? That's Uh, just – that's going to be between us. We won't People, tell anybody. No, no. People coming from England for round tree fruit gums, mm-hmm. uh, sparkling ice drinks, money, but don't make sure you cut this out of the, uh, yeah, the oh, we'll, definitely, tape, we'll okay? definitely cut this out. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, won't that, tell anybody where yep. you're
1: going to be, where, where are you going to be again? Just so I know that nobody Roman, Roman
2: delight in
1: Roman delight Abington, six 30 and, know, and yeah. seven. Between on, on, and on your birthday, on Monday?
2: On October 22nd. October 22nd.
1: Yeah. All right, I'll make sure to cut this out so nobody knows.
2: Yeah, but I want, you know, in case you want to show up, I want to tell you about it.
1: Oh, well, I appreciate that.
2: All right, that's fine.
1: Okay. Well, uh, I think that's are we, all. Are we uh, are we doing
2: a wrap now? Is this the part where we're going to... Uh, so, everybody, uh, this is Bill After once again thanking all of you because without you, there is no us, as yes. so many wrestlers say. And Josh...
1: Oh, we didn't plug we didn't plug where uh, where people can listen to the podcast and all that stuff.
2: Well go for it.
1: All right, I will. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at the after chat. Go to Instagram at the AfterChat. Go to Facebook.com slash the Chat and make sure to go to theafterchat.com for all of our latest episodes, plus our archives, plus our merch, plus Bill's book is wrestling fixed. I did nose broken. That is everything that we have for you this week.
2: All right, and we will see you at the, the matches.
1: I don't know about you, but I never liked the old Happy Birthday song. So we decided to write a new one. It goes a little something like this: Happy birthday to you, oh oh. oh, oh happy birthday to you, oh. Happy birthday to you oh oh, oh, oh. happy birthday to you oh.